Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome in to another edition of Inside Carolina on the Beat Live. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and johnnytshirt.com. We're going to do this the right way. It's going to be quote, story, moment. Adam Smith, you're on the clock. We're going to start right out of the gate. We can't talk about what we were talking about off the air. That is, I see super duper premium. Um, and I'm joking. I was we trying to Ed- copy Gene Triplehorn's message and send it to Ben. I mean, let me let me cook over here, okay? <laughs> we oh my, we uh. <laughs> We've uh, we've gotten pretty good at this stuff. We're trying to narrow this show down to keep it to keep it real and not two old guys and two young guys pontificating on the world's problems. Um, and this is going to be purely a basketball podcast, unless somebody has a great football story. Um, obviously, if you're interested in football, check out Inside Carolina. Adam Jeremiah's, Evans Taylor's work. Um, Jason and I talk about it while they do all the hard work over there at Inside Carolina on Tar Pit Premium. But first, Adam, going to you first. Quote, quote of the week, my friend. Okay, just so I know, we're not talking about anything with football. This is this, um, if you have a football quote that is relevant. No, I just okay. I, I understand. I understand. I heard you. I listened the, to what the teacher said, and I'm gonna okay. Let me pull up my. Uh, uh, we're we're getting right into it here, huh? And, right. and, for, and for folk, and while Adam's getting this thing, here's my goal at some point is to learn how to do a poll so that you in the chat, Slagle and Crowley and Goffer and Garrett and Mark, all the guys in the chat, B Mick, can vote constantly on which three of these I see beat writers is the champ of the week. Jeremiah's first comment was like, What do we get if we win? Selfish, <laughs> Jeremiah. Um, the, we are the NIL collective of the podcast we got no money <laughs> adam you're okay. up i'm ready uh and it actually goes right along with what our guy b mick is talking about and, and I, I 
I tried to choose, you know, I think we all try to choose stuff that w the other people might not be doing. So you're not taking anyone's uh, ideas or whatever, although we, we never talk about it. So this is a little thing from at Pitt the other night. And as you all know, I love it. I love an open locker room. Absolutely love it. Um, it's that's just I, I, I love it. Um, so I'm here. Let me, I got to pull it up here. It's from Harrison Ingram. <laughs> and keep in mind that uh, this is moments after he shot two for 14 from the field. He scored, I believe it was a season low, seven points. He missed his first 11 shots, 0 for 11 to start. Uh, the two shots he did make were pretty big, uh, I think, in the last five or six minutes. Um, so we made our way over there to him, you know, after talking to Armando and RJ. And um, the question was, did you see your stat line tonight? And Ingram is just immediately, like, busting out laughing at the question. Uh, <laughs> he's like, no, I have not seen it yet. And after he says that, he's rocking back and forth in his chair and just he's cackling at himself. <laughs> And I believe I said something like, ah, it wasn't a vintage stat line. And he goes, man, man. I mean, it was just one of those days laughing a bunch more. You should pull up the YouTube video. It's hilarious. Uh, Jeremiah did a great job fi filming it. And so he says, at the end of the day, my teammates trusted me. They told me to keep shooting. So I kept shooting. And I kept missing. <laughs> and then he's busting <laughs> out laughing some more. But it happens. It happens. And I'll try to bounce back offensively the next game. That was the quote I chose because – I, don't, I just thought it was an amazing little scene that this is a guy, a proud dude, uh, who has been playing great. Carolina's, I think, third leading scorer on the season. Um, he's dealing with a wrist situation. And he's just, I, I can't stress enough how much you should watch this video. He's just laughing at himself. Um, back, rocking back and forth. And I just thought there was an interesting little insight into who he is. Because as you all know, we we I very much enjoy talking to him. Um, just a, a fantastic person, super smart, obviously a great player. Um, but the whole interview is interesting too. Because I was picking on him about, I said, who made you the enforcer of this team? Because as you've seen, you know, he likes to give a shoulder to some guys on the opposing teams and get in their faces. We saw it in the Bahamas. We saw it in Atlanta against Kentucky when he went after Dillingham, after Dillingham went after Paxson Wojcik. We saw it the other night. You know, he's like, you know, he was, he is, he could be president one day. But this dude doesn't take any crap and he's got that mean streak. Um, it's just a fascinating individual, I think. He's, he's, he's uh, sort of as multifaceted as a person as he is a player. And I just thought that up. Uh, hey, that might be the quote of the night. If we had a poll, I, I just won it, guys. You guys can just log off. Well, I, I put a poll on there. I don't know if I did it right. So people in the chat are watching it. Uh, it's on the YouTube version. But that's um, what I've got. And, I again, I encourage you to watch the video on, on the Inside Carolina uh, YouTube channel. It's just so funny to see. He's not only laughing. He's, like, cackling at himself. He's doubled over at one point, just dying laughing about how many shots he missed. You know, he sort of says, like, yeah, I was terrible from the field. Oh, by the way, he had a career-high 15 rebounds uh, against Pitt, which was huge. And um, he defended Blake Henson, as Jeremiah was asking him good questions about that. You know, he, he held the ACC's third-leading scorer very much in check. Henson had a terrible night uh, from the field. So, it was the most shots Harrison Ingram took this season, most misses he had had, and the fewest shots he had made. And he's just dying laughing. And I think it also speaks to – 
kind of who this team is overall. You know, it's it's a different team. Absolutely. And Harrison Ingram, of course, one of the most important guys on the team. Evan, you good? <laughs> I'm good. I oh, mean, I feel like I'm in uh, Back to the Future, like disappeared. Does he still at his parents' house. It looks like it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually at my girlfriend's house right now. So I think they've got a uh, some shaky, shaky Wi-Fi over here. In the uh, middle yeah, of the I know what, well, well. I know what that crowd does for a living. They've got like fiber <laughs> ultra. <laughs> You well, know, well, you're, well. you're probably sitting on a cashmere couch and uh, with 100-inch monitors. Jeremiah, you're up. Quarter of the week. Yeah. I'm glad Evan, um, I'm glad Adam picked the uh, uh, Harrison Ingram one. I thought that was a really good one. I did not realize, and it makes sense, that that was the most shots he took in a game this year, but that makes perfect sense. I actually was going to go with a, a basketball one as well, obviously, but I was going to go with the Seth Trimble route. So Seth Trimble, obviously, he has the 10 points off the bench. Nine when we're in the first half at a time that UNC just could not make a shot. Uh, I think probably the most memorable, it kind of depends on if you're a guy that prefers threes or dunks. Obviously, he had the buzzer beating three, uh, shot clock buzzer beating three. I thought his highlight play would have been that uh, that design lob, um, you know, coming out of the, uh, you know, on the side out. So he takes the ball out, RJ passes it, or he passes it to RJ. Then he actually runs around the three-point line, cuts down the top of the key, uh, and gets the dunk. It's like eye-to-eye with the rim on the dunk. Uh, But the quote that I got from him that I actually enjoyed the most, in the second half, early in the second half, right before that first media timeout, there was a play where one of the Pittsburgh players was dribbling, and Trimble actually reaches in, about to get the steal, and at the last second they call a foul. But Trimble had like the entire other half of the court like to himself. Uh, so, I, you know, it was probably going to be a, you know, Showtime type situation, you know, like I'm trying to think who the player was. I think it was like Steve Francis or something like all to yourself and like dunking it or something. I don't know what he would have did. Uh, so I actually asked him about it. I was like, Seth, do you remember that play when you got the steal and they ended up where you almost got a steal and they ended up calling a foul? Uh, so the first thing that Seth says to me is uh, I was going to put my neck on the rim. <laughs> He immediately, no hesitation, I was going to put my neck on the rim. Then he goes on to say, um, I was trying to put my neck on the rim. I was very upset when they called that back. I was going to do something y'all haven't seen. So I like that one because it was just, you know, we've obviously seen throughout the year, and obviously his athleticism is something that we knew about before he got to UNC. But throughout the year, he's done his best to display that. Obviously against UC Riverside, he had that poster dunk that's actually, um, for those who haven't, been out to a game this season that's on the intro video for all their home games They put that Seth Trimble dunk. And it's kind of like their transition into the next, you know, part of the video or whatever. Um, so you've had that, you've had also just layup attempts with a dude, like always <laughs> goes off of two feet too. Uh, he always goes off of two feet. He said it's because he's had, you know, some ankle injury kind of thing. So he, he feels more comfortable off of two feet. Uh, and he said, he's always kind of done it like that, but uh, yeah, there's been several, even just layup attempts this year where he's kind of contorting or whatever, uh, you know, in midair. He looks like he wants to dunk it, obviously, but it doesn't really matter if it's layup or dunk. He's always, uh, you know, getting off the ground about the same amount. So um, I thought that one stood out because uh, I think that was probably a forgotten play in the game, but it was something that was certainly uh, on his mind even after the game had already ended. And also he did have a big contribution in that game. He had the, um, like I said, the nine points when UNC was kind of struggling to to get some shots, and I think that helped them help buffer them a little bit to end up uh, going on to win that game. 
Right. Trimble may be the, the surprise of the year so far, I think. He, he's played well. And yeah. if I remember correctly, JP jumped off two feet as well. Um, yeah, I was going to say, could, it runs in the family. Yeah. yeah, and he could get up. But, uh, yeah, he's going to neck somebody, put his neck on the rim and, and as go. As one does, right? Put your neck on the rim. Yeah, <laughs> I've done naturally. it. I've done it. It was eight foot. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we had to knock a few toddlers out of the way to get to the rim. Evan, you're up. Uh, now, I don't want to disturb your your night over there, but get in here. The chat, the chat's letting you have it. For the record, Gregory Hall has outkicked his coverage, and Evan has too as well. Um, I love the comment. Is it's the same girlfriend as Gregory Hall's girlfriend? <laughs> well, we had a man. We had a, and I love Gregory. Gregory, if you're watching, I'm sorry, but we had a Mantateo moment for a moment for a little while with Gregory. So. Uh, <laughs> We had to make sure, um, Evan, you're up, and I, and we have no moment, no such moment with uh, Evan because he he has he has intertwined himself with a good family. Go ahead, Evan. Yeah, it's funny, Adam, with the Harrison Ingram out. That was actually my first quote that I had oh. marked down, but I knew I heard Adam in the video laughing when Harrison said it, so I had a feeling he might take it. So I had a backup quote. So I'm glad I did that. Um, but it was from after the Pittsburgh game, it was Armando talking about just the current state of the team and, and kind of where he feels they're at. And I remember on the last podcast, I kind of talked about, I think, I think it was before maybe the Oklahoma game or right around that time. I said, we were going to learn a lot about this UNC team by the new year. And what Armando said is we're not satisfied. We feel like we should have had one or two more of those games. UConn was better than us at the moment, but we felt like we left something on the table in reference to the the Villanova and the Kentucky games. I think that's a good point. Like that's kind of how I think the general consensus is about this team. I think everyone at the moment felt like UConn was a step ahead or class ahead of UNC, but against Kentucky and against Villanova, those were games that could have been wins or at least felt like UNC was kind of in that same class. And kind of relating it to the Pittsburgh game, just the nature of that game and the physicality and the low shooting field goal percentage and it being the first true road game of the year. I saw a lot of people talking about how this, you know, isn't it the the classic, this isn't a game UNC wins last year, which, you know, I think is a fair point. But I also think that's the kind of game a, a top 10, top 15 team wins. I think UNC kind of furthered the point about they are deserving of what the ranking is that they have right now. And I don't think that's been that way for the past couple of years in the regular season. And I think this is something that this team is going to continue to build on. And I think it's important that a guy like Armando in the position that he's at is kind of understanding just the nature of this team and also understanding maybe the ceiling that they can get to, because it does feel like they still are kind of a, a far ways away from kind of clicking in all cylinders. I think the only time we've seen them really play at full strength or to their full capacity was probably that first half against Tennessee. And they're going to have a couple of opportunities, especially in the near future on the road to kind of further put a mark on their top 10 ranking and kind of further validate the spot they have right now. Yeah, I agree with that. I think UConn and Kentucky are better than Carolina. Um, certainly UConn, Kentucky debatable. I think Villanova is the one that they, they should have gotten. But, I mean, you're in the Bahamas. Um, there's plenty to do in the Bahamas. Sometimes games get away out there. I start a comment, and I want Adam to get in here because Adam is the elder statesman, and I remember this. And Derek Phelps, uh, whew, 
Derek was in school. So Granville Towers was Derek, Eric Montrose, Sullivan, uh, Rozier, and Brian Reese like back in the day. Reese. Yeah. And uh, B. Reese used to steal my breakfast order at Dine Anytime at Granville all the time. But I digress. Cole Anthony got some lobs, didn't he, Adam? He, uh, yeah. I remember that a few times. That's what we were, we were talking about. Uh, T.A. and I were just talking about this. I, I, I feel like Cole Anthony definitely, they, they ran a lot of plays for him. And, and Kobe White, too, right? I mean, because I think, you know, Kobe White, I don't know if anybody's ever, he's taller than you think. He's like yes. five. I know the hair, make a hair joke there, especially for those of us who don't have any hair. But uh, <laughs> Kobe White's a tall dude. Like, he's not like a little six one like, water bug. And Cole Anthony just has ridiculous hops. Um, but I think those are the two guys that, that come to mind. Because, I mean, Joel Berry definitely wasn't catching any lobs. I don't think Marcus Page was either. Although I've, we've seen Marcus dunk, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, they weren't running any lobs for Ty Lawson. Um, but that, those two jump out to me, Cole Anthony and Kobe White. I think if anybody remembers in the chat, they can correct me. But I remember those guys, I think, certainly being capable of, of catching a lob if they didn't run those plays. Absolutely. And, and and again, Trimble, you know, we're talking about his athleticism and that ability, but his ability to come in and spell Elliot Cadeau, I mentioned it in post game with Greg the other night. I think it's just huge for this team to, to sort of save Cadeau from himself sometimes because Cadeau is, he takes things so tough when he, when yes. things go sideways a little bit. And I think, uh, I think Trimble's ability to come in and be sort of that balancing force there. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Let's go to uh, – and you're listening to On The Beat Live, of course, Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com, our sponsors, and this is the crew here. This is the crew that brings it all together. Interesting that you guys were traveling yesterday when all hell broke loose on the football side, um, but still managed to have just wonderful coverage of that. But story of the week, Jeremiah, you're first up on the story. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. My story of the week was actually football related. I don't know if we're okay, going to go ahead. on that. No. Um, my story of the week, and actually is relevant to uh, recent news, um, when me, I guess all of us were there, um, it's at the end of the availability, the pre-bowl availability. Uh, me and Adam are at the table. We're talking to Power Eccles. Uh, it's like the last guy that we talked to, and this is one of the last two or three questions that he gets asked. So Adam, and we kind of had, you know, knew that some changes were coming on the defensive staff and things like that. Uh, so Adam actually asked Power about Gene Chizik and kind of asked him, uh, you know, is this pretty much the guy that you want, you know, leading the defense and, and, and things like that. And so Power goes on to say, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing it, but he goes on to say that, and he doesn't even hesitate, that Chizik's the right guy to lead the defense. And he goes on to say that, uh, you know, they're keeping things in-house, but – he felt that Chizik was, um, you know, the right guy. And so that's obviously, and, you know, certainly you don't expect the guy, you know, the day before a bowl game to, you know, trash his coach. I'm not saying that. Um, but I do think that uh, when you consider how that game, how that West Virginia game kind of played out, and then you also consider the fact that the first time this season they were in that arena or that stadium, uh, you know, they got, nine sacks and they held and that's you know South Carolina wasn't great this year but you know nine sacks and they held them to I think 17 points uh and then you just the obvious contrast between that starting off one to know 
you know, kind of having some somewhat heightened expectations at the time uh, to then, you know, your season finishes two and five, really, if you count the bowl loss. Um, and then obviously the the changes that are the changes that are coming. Uh, but I think also from that moment, not just the fact that there's, you know, the, the staff change, uh, really the on-field dynamic too, because power echoes that whole game was in Cedric Gray's spot yeah, at, at the uh, at the linebacker position. He had Amari Campbell, true freshman, right next to him. Uh, so it's going to be a a new look defense. I think, well, new look might be a, somewhat of a strong word. We'll see how, you know, the you know who UNC ends up picking up and uh, which freshman, I guess, in that incoming class, uh, you know, they end up deciding to use, which freshman from the class they just had, they end up, you know, taking big roles next year because Campbell Costin, obviously, Amari Campbell played a lot. Um, but uh, I think this is just like kind of the the sign of a little bit of a transition. You're getting into the post Cedric Gray era. Uh, so part of that is, you know, new big playmakers on the defense. And then part of that's obviously new coaching, you know, staffs, uh, uh, new coaches uh, on that defense as well. So I don't know. That's one that stuck out to me. Um, just because it was just so close to, you know, what ended up happening with obviously Gene Chizik and, uh, and Tim Cross. And just to add to that real quick, T.A., if you don't mind, like, I mean, I think Jeremiah is absolutely right. I mean, that was kind of a an interesting day. I mean, the morning after Christmas, it's a little sleepy. Yeah. And, you know, the juice for the Mayo Bowl is not exactly like the juice for the Rose Bowl, obviously. But, you know, the comments from Mac that day, that was the day he went in on fans being drunk and betting to the stuff that I asked him. And, you know, you heard from Mac that day that it absolutely sounded like the changes were coming down the pipe pretty quickly. And then as we said over there with Power Eccles, who, by the way, the last couple of times we've talked to him, I think he's been really insightful. He's sort of a man of few words. He's a lot of action and not many words Power is. And, um, yeah, I think I said something to the point of a lot of people are mad at Gene Chizik. I think is how I started it or something like that. And, um, you could tell the power. I mean, think about this. This is the guy that Power Eccles has played under, um, you know, it, the last two years, and Power was taking up for Gene. Um, but I also thought was interesting after the game, we got Cayman Rucker. And um, the last thing I got to ask him was just, you know, Cayman, you're a four year veteran. Schematically, would you like to, what, what would you like to change or add or alter just to help this defense? And, I thought his comment was interesting. He said, honestly, I don't know. And then he said, that has to come from up top, you know. Uh, so I thought that was kind of a, another telling moment. I've been several telling moments here down through November and December uh, for the Carolina defense and Carolina football team in general. So, um, yeah, Jeremiah just mentioned that. Just take It just takes you right back there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So just wanted to hop in on that real quick. No, I mean, it's certainly relevant. Uh, people forget and this is a soapbox thing people forget these are people you know it's not they're not robots they're not press x and flip the scheme on madden and things like that it's real life people there and it's interesting to see how it all shakes out um of course stick with inside carolina these guys will be all over it and there is no off season and all that kind of stuff so evan uh, can i come back to you i'm gonna make adam go last on the story can I come back to you with a story? You got you got a moment? Yeah, I've got I've got one and a half because I actually was I had one for football that kind of Jeremiah did touch on that I'll just briefly talk about. Kind of just comparing the full circle narrative and 
just notion of being back in Charlotte. And I think one of the the crazy things of the whole weekend was, you know, talking to Connor Harrell after showed some flashes here and there, obviously wasn't the greatest offensive output with only 10 points and talking to him about, you know, hurting his ankle early in the game. And once he's done talking with the media, he kind of scoots out from the wall that he was on and he's kind of walking away and you can definitely see like a noticeable limp as he's walking back into the locker room that we're right outside. He, there's a, I don't even know what it's called, a, a bike gate or something that they use to block things off. That's kind of blocking off the, the entrance to the hallway to where the, the locker room is. And he kind of grasps that gate pretty hard as he's walking around, kind of just trying to keep some weight off of the ankle really. And just kind of that image in itself, I think really just paints this large scale picture of just where this program is kind of going into this offseason. I think this is the first offseason under Mac's second stint that there's a lot of unknowns and maybe not as much juice as there's been in years past. I mean, you had the Sam Howell fiasco and, and the Drake May excitement. And this offseason, you know, you've got the news today with Diego Pounds and you've got these question marks at some key positions that I think people are kind of interested to see how that's going to play out. Obviously, you've got to look for a defensive coordinator. Um, just a lot of question marks, I think, and just the image of, you know, limping into the off season kind of is how I pictured it is kind of indicative of, of what's kind of going on with that program. And then kind of really the, the other story I, I was thinking about was after the Charleston Southern basketball game, us talking with Jalen Washington, this was after he had his career high. Um, and he's a dude that, you know, contrary to, I guess what his roommate, Seth Trimble would say, he always came off as a pretty quiet uh, soft-spoken guy, but after his career high, it was by far the most he's ever smiled or laughed or just laughed, just super outgoing, I guess, is kind of how he was for his time being there. And it was funny, after me and Adam were, were done with our work there at, what, 2.30-ish? <laughs> don't have to get specific. I Something mean. around that time. Um, <laughs> just to kind right. of give people the idea of what nerds we are. Um, the... <laughs> <laughs> the the big screen on the I think it's called the Woody Durham Sports Media Center or something like that. That big screen that you see outside the Smith Center that replays the highlights. It's like, you know, crack of in the morning. It's super cold. It's 35 degrees. Me and Adam are walking to the parking lot and we see those highlights and we just kind of just stand there and like watch them all through and just talk through each play. And obviously a bunch of those are Jalen Washington's threes and his dunks and stuff like that. So just kind of all those little small moments of I've kind of just tagged along with Adam and Jeremiah and just soak everything up and, and kind of learn everything I can. Um, but those are two, two, one and a half, I guess, of the, the stories I kind of had from this past week. Can you feel the love? Today? Yeah, I was going to say, it's like Kumbaya at 2.30 in the morning. It's like, let's get the hell out of here, boys. It's cold and it's late. <laughs> Listen to UTA, that cold heart. This is this is a beautiful moment. Let's embrace this. <laughs> this is the story. This isn't a moment. <laughs> no, I agree. I, I we mean, did, look. We did stop and watch it. I, for what a reason, when I'm walking out, sometimes I like to watch those. You know how they're always just running them all night? It's kind of cool. The, like, oh, yeah, I remember the, that. You know? Well, the thing about covering a game is you're not really watching the game. You know, it's different when you can just sit and watch a game. You're trying to cover it and report it and tweet it and all that stuff, and then you go back and try to check it out, and there's a ton of stuff you miss. So, Adam, you're up. Um, your story of the week, not to be confused with the moment. That sounded like a moment that you guys had, and I love it. 
but story. Let me tell you something, TA. I hadn't thought about this until about five seconds ago, but I'll give you what, – what am I giving you, a story? Yes. I'm going to give you a story in the moment. I'm going to take one and bleed it, blend it in it, like, you know. Blur the lines. I'm a storyteller anyway. You know, like this is how I'm going to – I'm just going to take it from one to the next, and then you can <laughs> – as the point guard, you can pass it over to Jeremiah. Or just keep it moving. <laughs> Ball's not going to stick here. Um, I, actually, I do have a response for our guy, Gene Triplehorn. Uh, that uh, Ben Sherman said he'll leave it to the experts. Uh, so that was the – I had sent the, the word along to Ben about joining the show. Who knows? Maybe we, we, we'll get him one day. Um, but, well, okay, here we go. So <laughs> I keep going back to Pitt the other night, um, which I love Pittsburgh as a town anyway. But um, So I just, I just sort of was struck by the fact, as Jeremiah has heard me say ad nauseum, I'm sorry I'm going to put him to sleep on this one, but um, – <laughs> You know, they, they last season's team played Pitt on December 30th. Uh, by the way, it's the last time they were ranked. They were number 25 in the AP poll. They lost that game, and they never returned. It was sort of the beginning of the end, which we did not know that at the time. We thought that since they had beaten Ohio State and Michigan the two games before, okay, they're starting to get it back together here. Uh, you know, they're going to beat Pitt. They're going to turn the corner into the new year, and, you know, this might be the team that everyone expects it to be. Um, but that day – uh, at Pitt, UNC had a nine-point lead in the second half. And to be honest with you, they were sort of cruising. Um, you know, and I will never forget it. Uh, I believe Leaky Black got the rebound, dribbled it up the court, took a three, no pass, and the dang thing went down and back out. I mean, it was halfway down. So that thing's going down for a 12-point lead for UNC, like midway through the second half. Did not go in, rattles out, they're still up nine. Well, we all know what happens. The nine-point lead crumbles. Henson, what it was, Jamarius Burton, number 11, the kid from Charlotte, he went crazy. Um, he actually abused Seth Trimble a couple times late in that game. Um, and UNC loses the game. So they blow a nine-point lead at Pitt. Um, you fast forward to – oh, by the way, Armando was cussing in the postgame that uh, that day too. Uh, he said a few choice words about BS and other things. He had a lot to get off his chest that day. He actually was like, come over – you know, he was like, come here. You know, when you went in there, like I got so I got something to say. Come here. Yeah, right. I mean, it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I mean, he legit waved me over. Um, so anyway, fast forward to the other night. It's two days after New Year's. It's January the second. Uh the ACC slate is getting going. UNC is up, gets up nine in the second half. And obviously it was a complete struggle with the shooting. They shot, they had a season low in their shooting, still one. But I remember put it in, putting it in the story that they got to the nine-point lead, and it could have been ominous if you remember what happened the last time. But they were able to build on it, end up winning by 13. And uh, talking to Armando afterward the other night, you know, he absolutely remembered the way they lost last year and cussing about it. And um, he was telling a story about how uh, Hubert has started recently doing a lot of situational stuff in practice. He was saying well, we're doing a lot of last three minutes of the game stuff. And um, I just thought it was an interesting, like, point to connect from last year, two days before New Year's, to this year, two days after, to the fact that they were able to sort of slug their way through an awful shooting performance, um, the type that they had so many times last year. The last time they had played Pitt in Chapel Hill, they lose by one point, UNC does, and they shot five for 31 from three-point range. They missed 26 three-point shots. I mean, if one goes down, they win the dang game. You know, like, and that's awful, obviously. Just imagine if five went down. 
if they're 10 for 31, you know, they win, they walk the dog on them. Um, but I just thought those were two interesting points to connect. And Armando is sitting right beside RJ Davis in the locker room. And they're both definitely remember the way the thing got away last year up there. And this year didn't get away. And they, they closed out the win and they won the game and they picked up another quad one win. So that was sort of my story or anecdote or moment that just the through line from December 30th, 2022 to January 2nd, uh, 2024. Uh, I thought it was kind of an interesting sort of juxtaposition there. And yeah. I will transition. Oh, do you want to go, T.A.? Do you have a follow-up? No, what I was going to say is this, and that's why people think this team is different Absolutely. from last year. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's one of those sort of like the hard evidence you can point to sort of, but beyond the way it feels and the different personalities and everything. But, and I'll quickly transition to whatever this is, my anecdote. Uh, yeah. I hope to God, I, I, I will say it quickly because it might be Jeremiah's anecdote too, but I just thought it was interesting that <laughs> <laughs> after, so after the game, that's what we're getting. And then we're leaving. I apologize, Jeremiah. I'm sure this might be your <laughs> Then we're leaving and uh, it's me and Jeremiah and, Inside Carolina legend Jim Hawkins, the photographer. <laughs> uh, I know what you're going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and we're leaving the Peterson Event Center. You know, it's late. It's probably about 11, 11.30, maybe 12 o'clock. And it's cold, super freaking cold out there. And for anyone that's ever been on Pitt's campus, the thing is so hilly. I mean, it is a ton of hills. Um, you know, we, we try to help Jim with his bags sometimes. He's got such heavy equipment. I mean, these are – you're making a climb up and down this place, this campus. So we're walking out of there and it's very quiet. Students aren't back yet. You know, it's a quiet night. And Jeremiah looks like straight ahead of us. And we got to climb up a big, big ass hill, big hill to get to uh, the rental car. And there's like a deer, you know, this is very much an urban campus. There's a deer looking right at us. Um, you know, it's middle of the night, you know, it's cold. Jeremiah's like, look at that deer. And I was like, what is he? Talking? Oh my God, it is a deer. Then the next thing you know, here's another deer head popping up. Here's another deer. It's five freaking deer. Yep. Eventually, as we got closer, you know, we thought it was one deer, two deer, three. All these deer are popping up. Burp, 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 burp. Um, and they were just, I guess what, roaming around. I don't know. They were on the side of this, again, massive hill, massive hill that we had to take to get to the, the parking lot where we parked. Um, so that was uh, – they led us to the car. It was the moonlight. It was very cold, clear <laughs> night. And there were some uh, urban deer <laughs> there watching us walk out, um, which uh, I don't know. We talked about it uh, on our way to get a pizza after that. So um, that's the, that was the anecdote I had. I'm sorry Look. if that screwed you over, Jeremiah. There you go. Look. <laughs> Not far from where Deer Hunter was filmed <laughs> and all the right moves. Okay, Sean. They, well, they, you can count on Sean Crowley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me talk about Johnny T-Shirt for a second. We're about 30 minutes in or so. Johnny T-Shirt, sponsors of this podcast, great friends of Inside Carolina. Look at that. Jeremiah <laughs> got the memo. He got there you go. There he, you go. <laughs> he is actually doing the work that we should all be doing here. I'm riding the lightning. Uh <laughs> Jeremiah with the Johnny T-shirt koozie. You get them if you go to Johnny T-shirt. You get hoodies, sweatshirts, everything you need. Speaking of cold, it's going to be really cold tonight in North Carolina. It's going to be really cold tomorrow. So go buy Johnny T-shirt if you're in Chapel Hill. Students not quite there yet. They're getting back a little bit, filtering back in. Um, go support the local businesses there on Franklin Street. Lord knows they need it. 
Johnny T-shirt, but every business on Franklin Street um, don't need a corporate takeover on Franklin Street. Need to support local, and Johnny T-shirt's a pillar there. And if you can't get there, go to Johnny T-shirt online. It helps just as much. National guys will pay the bills. It's on the beat. I think I titled this Battle-Tested Road Warriors. We're coming back in a second. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, guys. Second half of the show, we got 158 people. There's a lot of people here on Thursday night. Uh, shout out to everybody joining us. I mean... You guys have so much else you could be doing, and you're hanging out with the four of us. Adam leading the way. Um, I love reading the chat. I know, really. I try to. I love our audience. I really do. So what I try to do sometimes is I try to pull up random comments as y'all are talking, but I don't want to distract. And uh, but I'm gonna start just dragging out random uh, comments because they're they are great in there. And shout out to everybody that puts them in here. Jeremiah, I need an anecdote, and it can't be about the deer. <laughs> on the hill and, and people forget when you go to Clemson or excuse me, go to Pittsburgh for the football games, you go into Heinz field or whatever it's called now in downtown Pittsburgh, baseball stadiums right there. Permanis, all those places are right around there. Pitt's campus is not that. And yeah. uh, so to Adam's point, it is a little bit different than downtown Pittsburgh. Uh, but anyway, Adam, you're, I mean, Jeremiah, you're up. Yeah, I actually wasn't even going to use the uh, deer one, so I'm glad that ended up uh, being used. Yeah, I don't know. I'm from the outskirts of uh, Greensboro, so I've seen the deer two in my day for sure. Um, but yeah, actually, the one that I was going to roll with, uh, it was basketball, but it was right before the Charleston Southern game. So the Charleston Southern game was the first home game that UNC had post uh, Eric Montross's passing. And obviously, again, prayers and condolences to uh, that whole family. But um, what they did before the game, I believe it was actually right before the national anthem. Uh, they did a tribute to Eric Montross. So they did, they put obviously his picture up and they, they actually cycled beside it a few other pictures of his playing career, then some from his media career. So obviously with, you know, like with his headsets on uh, and did just also with him uh, in the Chapel Hill community, uh, you know, doing, uh, you know, in, in his involvements and, and things like that. So um, what they ended up doing, 
after the PA announcer obviously was kind of going through some of his, uh, you know, talking about his legacy uh, on and off the court, obviously basketball and non-basketball related. Um, they do a moment of silence. And then after the moment of silence ends, I really, I should have timed it to see how long it was. But after the moment of silence, there was a resounding clap. So people get up, I guess they're already standing up technically, but they're, you know, they just kind of sit there and they just clap. And it just is a natural, just ongoing um, applause. And then obviously, um, for those of you all that saw the uh, the Eric Montrose warm-up shirts after, it was right before the uh, the, the, the game in uh, Charlotte uh, against Oklahoma. So they used those warm-ups against Oklahoma. They used them uh, against uh, against Charleston Southern as well. Uh, so I thought that being, you know, the first game in Chapel Hill uh, since Montrose's passing, I thought that was a very, you know, just powerful moment. Uh, Hubert Davis did touch on it a little bit post-game, um, you know, obviously shaking up that being his, his friend for, uh, you know, for so long. But um, I thought that was uh, certainly a, a standout moment, you know, on that day for sure. Indeed, and folks, the hat back there, you can order that. I posted that link on the message board a while back, but also uh, donate to the Children's Hospital and all that. Eric, certainly a legend on the basketball court, 1993 national champion and all that stuff, but far more than that basketball side of it, and that speaks to what Jeremiah is talking about, is people remember the basketball side, but the non-basketball side is what truly made a difference in Chapel Hill and the area and the state and the country, actually. But, uh, yeah, so shout out to Jeremiah for that story. Certainly a great moment. Yep. Evan, good luck following Jeremiah. I think Jer- I think I'm going on the YouTube chat right now, and I'm voting for Jeremiah. So, Evan, you're up. I need an anecdote, and then we're going to talk about Clemson. So make it quick. I need a quick story this time, quick anecdote. I feel like I already gave mine in a way, right? You gave a moment. You get. I think I messed up. I think I said moment and you were, story. You were throwing too many synonyms around all these moments. <laughs> anecdotes, oh, you're a, you're a college student at Carolina. You should understand the rules. I've, I've got it's, a quick one. I've got a quick one. I've got a quick one. Wi Fi over there. Is that this, messed up? This is, this is, this is, uh, this. So for the Pittsburgh game, um, obviously I was covering from afar back in, in Fuqua Arena. And I always text the guys when I'm back home or if I'm not with them just before, like, hey, you need anything from me? Let me know. Shoot me a text, whatever, because I know I'm quick to my laptop. I've got hopefully good Wi-Fi so I can look something up quick. So the other night uh, before the pit game, Adam was asking me, hey, you know, with it being a quad one game at the time, uh, he wanted to know how many quad one wins or what was UNC's quad one record last season. Cause obviously that was a very pressing matter as the, the year kind of transpired. And it seemed like every 24 hours people were checking the net rankings. Yep. So I grabbed my laptop, I'm sitting at home on my couch and I'm looking up net rankings archive and I can't find it. And I'm looking up net rankings from 2022 and I can't find it. I'm, I'm getting so frustrated like talking to myself because I can't find these rankings. And funny enough, my girlfriend is actually right next to me watching the game and she can hear me talking to myself about these net rankings and she can't find it. And she's like, Oh, they went one and nine. I found it in this article right here. (laughs) And sure enough, I look over and she's already found it on one Google search from 
I don't even know who the publication was, but it was an article. And I, sure enough, I look up UNC quad one, nine and one record and like six different publications have had in these articles. And I've already been looking at this thing for about five minutes, looking up all these ridiculous key phrases from archive to 2022 to just try to find the full ranking list. And I should have just looked up UNC specifically. So I guess that's a lesson to me to to be smart who I watch the games with because they actually might be able to help me out in some cases. Uh, but that was my quick little covering from a uh, afar story right there. From the Fuquay, somebody said <laughs> shout out. So you need to uh, – can you get her on so she yeah. can – I mean, rather than paraphrasing and hearsay, we can get the real thing. <laughs> Guys, this has been a fun show so far. If you have not voted in the chat, vote – um, there's a far more people in the chat than have voted. So I need you guys to vote as well. I think Adam's running away with it at this point. Oh, where is it? Can I see it? It's on the YouTube it. chat. So you got to go to the YouTube channel. Keep them coming, baby. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's cause I put you first. Maybe it was, a. Uh, anyway, folks get in there and vote. I see the votes going up right now. Uh, but anyway, let's Adam's talk a little bit. Is voting right now. She voted for Adam. <laughs> we can only vote First once. Lady of IC tonight. So, Adam Smith with forty-seven percent of the vote, Jeremiah with thirty-three, and Evan pulling up the rear at twenty percent, dropped to nineteen as I'm speaking. Oh, folks, continue to get your votes in. If you voted early, you only get one vote, so that's why you don't vote early. You wait till all the evidence is in. I'm going back in my old lifetime, uh, you wait till the, all all the evidence is in. Right now. Adam running away with it. Jeremiah, let's talk a little bit about Clemson now because Pittsburgh is a road win yeah. and an important win, but Pittsburgh's not the same Pittsburgh they were last year. Clemson seems legit, even though they had a little trouble with Miami. Um, but going to Clemson as the students filter back in, just sort of what the Tar Heels need to be um, on point with going to face Clemson down there in Little John on Saturday. Yeah, certainly. So Miami really just kind of took off on Clemson, you know, kind of late in that game. Miami's a solid team. Like, they really are. They're, what, 10-2, and 11-2. and two. Uh, So, you know, that's obviously a, a solid Miami team that they lost to. I think for UNC, the name of the game is probably going to end up being P.J. Hall. Just because when I look at – and obviously P.J. Hall is their best player, yes. But from a matchup standpoint, I, I kind of feel like he's going to be the toughest one to really – deal with um you know being you know six ten obviously can handle it and shoot it uh and he's been a, a major factor in this league for you know a few years now uh, and then obviously right now I should have checked where he ranks in scoring as far as ACC guys but he's averaging over 20 points a game uh he's so he's second okay appreciate RJ it first, so, he's second. and then yeah yeah so he's a dude you know what I mean so I, I think he's I think he's going to be kind of the the name of the game. I think honestly, right now, UNC, they've kind of figured, uh, they've kind of gotten on a little bit of a roll here because, you know, kind of as we alluded to earlier, yes, the UConn game, that was a game where UConn just was, UConn just clearly was a better team. Kentucky, I thought that was one that, you know, I did think Kentucky would win the game, but I thought that was one they could kind of compete. But, you know, since then, uh, they've been able to string together some wins and things like that. They even won a game, and these games matter. Uh, a game like a Pittsburgh game where you don't shoot it well at all to, you know, win a game like that, especially on the road, a game like that kind of goes a long way because obviously they weren't really winning those types of games last year. 
and really the year before that prior to March. So um, I think the fact that they were able to go into that environment and win was big. Now, obviously, Clemson is better than Pitt, yes. Um, but I do think, like I said, uh, those greedy games that you kind of have to win close, uh, you know, those are the ones that, you know, kind of show the the character of a team, uh, if you will. And they've lost games like that, too. Like, they, obviously, the, the Villanova game was – um, an overtime loss, and then the Kentucky one, it took a full, you know, 40 minutes, really. I think Kentucky controlled it most of the game, but they still ended up being um, a pretty close game. So um, I think for me, it's really just, you know, find a way to make P.J. Hall less efficient. P.J. Hall also has, you know, a lot of guys around him uh, that can kind of help. You know, that's a good offensive team. But I think if you make him less efficient, uh, I think that kind of I think that's going to go a long way. And then offensively, just relying on the guys, relying on obviously R.J. Davis to score and relying on some of those guys on the perimeter uh, as well. Joe Girard. I mean, good God, man. I mean, what is up with Joe Girard transferring and orange jerseys and all? Evan, what's the key for North Carolina against Clemson on Saturday? I am going to say it's funny you bring up Joe Girard. I think the key is going to actually be Seth Trimble. Because I think against a team like Clemson, I think if I was a coach, which obviously I'm not, I think I would kind of take an approach that they took with the Duke teams of the Palo Bancaros and basically allow P.J. Hall to get his. Because I think he's such a skilled player in terms of his size, his shooting. I mean, I think he's close to 38% from three on on good yeah. volume. He can handle it. Um, he can move great. I mean, he's a beast. And I think it's going to be hard to stop him. But if you take the idea of, of like they did with Paolo Bancaro and let that guy get his, but pretty much shut everyone else around him out, I think that's where UNC could be successful. And I think when you have a team like Clemson that has a Joe Girard who's shooting over 45% from three this year, you're going to need a guard to step up defensively. And I think that guy is Seth Trimble. I don't think you can trust RJ or Elliott to really kind of rattle that guy at up to this point um so i think just collective team defense regarding the guys outside of pj hall i think it's going to be the biggest key and i think over these past three games they've been probably their three best defensive performances especially when you consider mainly the oklahoma and the pittsburgh games in terms of quality of opponent those are for sure i would say probably their two best defensive games since they were quality opponents and they they held them to i think both under 60 points right I could be wrong about Oklahoma. I think they might have had 70. But I thought it was funny. This is actually one of the two games remaining on UNC schedule that Ken Palm has UNC projected to lose. I think right now it's 80 to 79. The other game is at Duke at the end of the year. Um, so this is a, this will be an interesting game. I think it's going to be an insane environment. I think everyone's kind of understands that, especially with students getting back to that, uh, getting back on campus. And even with the Miami loss, this is still a really good team. Um, so I would say number one key is kind of try to limit the damage that everyone else around PJ Hall does and maybe let kind of his get his own. Interesting stuff. Adam, you're going to close the show, but I'm going to talk about congruity first. Congruityhr.com front slash Tar Heels. Go get your free assessment if you're a small or mid-sized business. We talked about on the uh, reaction show the other day um, about HR and personnel and all that with Carolina football. Well, congruity handles all that. Congruity handles that for your small business and your medium-sized business. Go to them, let them give you a free assessment on what you might need, and if you need it and you want it, you got it. If you don't, 
it was free, so you didn't lose anything, but they've got top-of-the-line customer service, top-of-the-line technology, and top-of-the-line everything that you need as a small business owner to grow your business. They take care of the people. You handle the business aspect. CongruityHR.com front slash Tar Heels for your free assessment. Inside Carolina people get that stuff for free, get the assessment for free, and then they'll see if they can work out a plan for you. Adam Smith, at the moment, We've got 150-plus people in this chat, and I've only got 61 votes. So we need people to vote. You, we don't you necessarily need people to vote. I, I like where the results are right now. Well, you can't complain if you if you don't vote. You know, isn't that what we say all the time? If you're don't, in line, stay in line. <laughs> yes, if, if, mm-hmm. if, exactly. Adam Smith currently, before he gives his final monologue, is up 51% to 30 to 20 over Evan Rogers. Evan exactly where he needs to be. He's got to work himself up. He's got to get experience. As I talk, Adam goes up to 52%. Let's Adam, run away with this thing, everybody. You're Let's going to. Just see if you can push it to 70-plus, Adam. Go. Let's close this out. I mean, Jeremiah's hair looks great tonight. He looks great every time I see it. Everybody looks great. Let's run away with this. Let's teach these young puppies a lesson. <laughs> I mean, for God's sakes. Got to put, put an asterisk on it like a Baycott scoring record, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do we yeah. feel about that? No, go ahead. He, he put Ashley Conner himself. Chat, so he did? Uh, yeah, he got did. Got a shout out, Fireman Lamont. We met him the other night at the Charleston Southern game. Shout out, uh, Fireman Lamont. Yes, sir. He was there. looked like we had his family. He was shouting out Evan. He was telling Jeremiah he was proud of him. I dapped him up at halftime. He met he my mom. Great. Um, Whoa, that says it's getting deep. Evan well, introducing nice, his mom. Nice, uh, fit on, as the children would say. I mean, like, <laughs> he, he, he was showing out for the for the appearance of the Charleston Southern game. He was up in the upper deck, but he was still bringing the energy big time. Um, yeah, Sean Crowley. I, I don't there know. you go. That's that's the winner. Sunrise biscuits for Adam. <laughs> Not yet, though. It's gone down. The more you talk, the further it goes down, Adam. All right. What I, is, I concede right. my time. stop the count (laughs) serious serious question uh carolina and clemson this is a big game for north carolina basketball this is one of those ones um you know a lot of people have said hubert has adapted this team is different and all this is one of those games that can certainly stamp that in ink if they can go to clemson and get a win adam your thoughts on what needs to happen? Oh, that I mean, if they if they're able to get a win, it's a win. We'll be talking about two two and a half months from now when the when the NCAA tournament seedings come out. Um, I think it's only four unbeaten teams. I mean, it, these teams have only played two games, two conference games. I think there's only four unbeaten teams left in the ACC play, and two of those play each other Saturday in Winston Salem, Miami, and and Wake Forest. So you'll have one uh, dropping off the unbeaten list there. I mean, by the time Sunday comes. And, you know, UNC could be, a, you know, UNC in the Wake Miami winner could be the only unbeaten teams left after after three conference games. And it certainly will be a long road the rest of the way. I mean, it's a 20-game conference season. It's 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 such a grind. Um, but I was thinking as we were talking about, you know, the atmosphere at Little John, which is usually always charged for Clemson, and, I mean, for UNC and Duke. You can watch those, some of those games at Little John, and you're like, well, they're just waiting until football season. But when UNC and Duke show up, just like everywhere else on the ACC, you know, they're out for blood. Um, and I was thinking, what was it Leaky's mom the last time they were there tell, telling people to hush? Is that right? Yeah. What was it? Was I it that it was, one? I was she, there covering it, but wasn't she on the broadcast? Like, getting Was it on? there or was it during the COVID year when she was, you could hear her letting people hold it? Well, I, think I can't it was remember. the last time they were there. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't think they didn't go there last year. They beat them badly in Chapel Hill. It was when Brady had the layup right at the end. Like he made a cut. Caleb yep. Caleb Love was going in for layup and like slipped it to Brady cutting on the other side. Yeah, Leaky's uh, mom was, was on the hot mic. Yeah. It was the great escape <laughs> from the Tar Heels. Um, but yeah, I mean, last year they played one time in Chapel Hill and Carolina blitzed them. That was a game they needed. Leaky completely shut down Hunter Tyson. I think Hunter Tyson only had three points. I mean, he locked him up. Um, and interestingly enough, you're talking about Joe Girard. I know Leakey wasn't the primary defender on Girard when UNC would play Syracuse, but they would put Leakey on him for some change of pace. And you want to talk about the length. And he would just swallow that little boy up. I mean, <laughs> we have some – I know for a fact I've used them with Leakey stories before. We have some Jim Hawkins photos of Leakey defending Girard. And it looks like, you know, plastic man, like wrapping up, you know, a small child. I mean, just the difference. in like he used to do on Kihei Clark. Um but anyway, none of this helps for Saturday. Um, <laughs> I think I think something to think about, and P.J. Hall, obviously, he factors into everything they do, but I was looking at it today, and that's a sneaky, long, I don't know if big is the right word, but they have some height on that front line. Hall is 6'10". Ian Shefflin is like a 6'8", 6'9", banger. And the Chauncey Wiggins dude, I know he's super skinny, but he's like 6'11". Um, you know, Pitt, UNC played Pitt Tuesday night. Pitt led the ACC in rebounding margin. UNC out-rebounded them 51 to, 40, 51 to 41, which was huge, I thought. And, and Pitt had the height advantage, you know, in terms of starting lineups. UNC is going to be smaller than across across the front line on, on Saturday. Um, and they're going to need Harrison Ingram. They're going to need Cormac Ryan. They're going to need all those guys crashing. And uh, Clemson, interestingly enough, is number two in the ACC in rebounding margin. So you got Pitt, one, Clemson, two. Um, so, I mean, I know you can say that about every game, but you got to get on the glass, but, you know, I think that's huge. I think the foul situation, PJ Hall got in foul trouble last night at Miami. I think he fouled out with more than four minutes to go. Uh, and I feel like Armando, I would have to look it up. This is just a rattling around in my bald head, but I think Armando has failed, fared pretty well against PJ Hall in the past. I don't think PJ did a ton last year in Chapel Hill, although it could be totally wrong. I feel like Chase Hunter played really well, but I don't remember. Um, but, I mean, I think the Armando P.J. Hall, who is able to play with physicality, throw their body around, protect the rim, and also not pick up the fouls um, would be huge. Uh, and I, I think you need I think you need Cadeau uh, to be present and not to have sort of a shrinking effort. I know that's another obvious thing. But, um, yeah, I think this is going to be a really tough game. I mean, it's tough to win on the road. And uh, I think Clemson's going to be pissed after losing at Miami. And Clemson has been good this year. Um, but if UNC is able to win, that is a win, I think, that's going to stand the test of time. Winning on someone's home court, the net loves Clemson. Um, I think UNC, what is it, Evan? I think UNC's up to 12 now in the net. I mean, they've really risen high. Um, you know, I think UNC would be in line. They started to determine it today. What is it, January 7th or something? <laughs> they started to determine it today. I think UNC might get like a three seed. Um, somewhere in that range. So... Yeah, I think it's going to be super interesting. I can't wait to cover it, and um, we'll see what happens. But that's what I've got. It is an event in Clemson when Carolina shows up there. Good thing for the Tar Heels is at noon, and the students will be filtering back in. But if it's at full throat, it is a tough place to play in Clemson, of course. I think Clemson's on that thing is when they've they've dominated in November and December, and they've sort of shrunk away, kind of like, 
the football team in Chapel Hill. Late in the season, they disappear. Clemson is is trying not to do that this year. How about never... that image uh, the, from years ago of Brad Brownell putting his finger in Roy's face? <laughs> We've all seen the photo. I know our former uh, teammate, Ross Martin, used to talk a lot of trash about Brad Brownell for sticking <laughs> his finger in Roy's face. And the know. fact that he survived. I mean, Clemson would be terrible, and Brownell was still there. And, and I believe Roy was going like, now, hold on now, Brad. You know, <laughs> I think Kennedy Meeks had done something that angered Brad Brownell that night. What I think he was talking smack. What is uh, Meeks-wise, or one of those guys was, what is it about Clemson and Carolina that gets the juices flowing? It's always a fun trip. You guys will be covering it. We'll be covering it inside Carolina. Adam and Jeremiah will be on the ground. Are you going, Evan? I would get- not. So you will not – well, you could hang out at the Esso Club, which is right there too as well, while they cover the game. But anyway, folks, check back in at Inside Carolina tomorrow. Taylor Vipolis and Joel Berry's Rafter show will be up. Of course, On the Beat will be on the podcast feed as well. And, of course, the post game will happen on Saturday. I think it's Dewey and myself after Carolina and Clemson. And, of course, stay tuned to Inside Carolina for all of your basketball, football, everything. There is no off-season, folks. Football is hot. Basketball is hot. And Adam Smith wins the poll at 49%. <laughs> Jeremiah at 31. Evan at 21. Work to do, fellas. To just throw like on thank Adam. everybody who voted for me. Adam, uh, <laughs> Adam can thank everybody. It's been a fun night. It's always fun to talk to the people. It's always fun to hang out with you guys. It's always fun to have Johnny T-Shirt and Congruity as our sponsors. Thanks, fellas. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.